What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. But I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by my co-host, Rachel Mogan, through the power of the internets, and then also our two guests today, Kirok Craft and Roro. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. for having us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, super excited to have you both on today with us because we are going to be talking about a very, very uh, special game, I think, for all of us here. So, uh, but then, oh, not, Milgan's shaking her head now. She's already minus disagreed. one. <laughs> minus <laughs> one. Uh, but no, because I'm on the show all the time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Along with listening to the show and subscribing on the podcast services and YouTube channel, you can also find us on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also join our Discord server where we have a lot of fun conversations about games when we're not here on the show talking about them all with you. You can also support the show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast where you can unlock exclusive perks and goodies for yourself. Um, But uh, as we've been announcing in the last few episodes that for the next few months we are con- we are continuing to donate 100 of our patreon proceeds to black lives matter and so we would like as uh, please if you have not done so already please consider uh supporting those one of those organizations or similar organization in the fight against racial inequality racial ec- for racial equity and against police brutality in this country and really around the world so please if you have not done so already please consider donating to this great cause if you can't support the show on patreon that's no big deal at all you can still help uh, make the show bigger and better by uh you know telling your friends writing us a review sharing it all that good stuff helps m- us make the show bigger and better as well but we love and appreciate all of our patrons and listeners alike thank you all heart emojis there it is <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we jump into the main topic of the day, which is we are going to be doing a full on review, spoiler cast, everything, everything of The Last of Us Part Two. So just fair warning now, if you have not finished this game, if you have not played this game and you're like, I don't want to know anything about this game. This episode is not for you. I'm sorry to say, but because we are going to deep dive into all of it and it's going to we're going to have some good conversation here. Uh, but before we do that. Let's let's uh, talk a little bit with our guests here. So, uh, Kirok, you have been on the show before, so welcome back I and have. everything. But if you would just like to, Thanks. yeah, and you can uh, sup, you can find Kirok on Twitter over at Kirok Craft or on Twitch uh, Twitch TV slash Kirok Craft and YouTube.com slash Kirok Craft. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, what what is your gaming background for people who may not be as fam- uh, familiar with you and everything? Um, well, as far as gaming goes, I've been playing since forever. I've been uh, playing video games since like uh, mid nineties. Uh, PlayStation one was my real first console. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who, yeah, a lot of people who were in the SNES and uh, NES and so on. I never owned those. Once I got a place, actually, that's not true. The first PlayStation or the first console I had was a 3DO real Panasonic 3DO, Ooh. but my real, real First console was the PlayStation, and I have a couple of them, uh, and uh, got my hands on a Dreamcast. But regardless, I just love playing old games. I love playing new games, and right now I got an Xbox that I play on, a PS4, Xbox One X, PS4. I have my old GameCube. Everything's right here on the table in front of me. I wish I could pick it up and show you guys. (laughs) Play VR as well. So uh, I'm all over. I I do a little bit of everything. Uh, You mentioned my Twitch. I stream there and I do retro. Now I'm playing Tenchu from PlayStation 1. Uh, Fridays I usually play VR, but this Friday is different because Ghost of Tsushima is out. Side note. Nice. Yep. Uh, And then uh, then I I play on PC as well. So it's, it's 
that's a, like a big all encapsulating thing <laughs> all across the board. Uh, you got and, then, it. and then Roro, you can find him over on Twitter at Roro. And then you also re- uh, recently joined the PXN podcast as a co-host. So would you mind telling us a little bit about that and uh, just kind of your gaming background as well? For sure. Yeah. So podcast PXN is a weekly, your average weekly video game news podcast. I'm a co-host along with another guy named Sean and Daniel. And we just talk about the video game news and have some fun just like you guys do here. And uh, so, yeah, if you guys want to check us out, we do it live on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube uh, at Podcast PXN. We don't have like a slash Podcast PXN yet since we don't have that many subscribers. So it's like a bunch of numbers and letters after the slash. But if you could check us out there, uh, that would be awesome. As for me and my gaming background, my first uh, video game console, I guess, was a Game Boy Advance. So I got in pretty pretty late, not with the NES and all those stuff. Uh, I'm fairly young, so there's a lot of stuff that I kind of missed out on. But um, I really like playing Sonic Advance on there. Um, I'm a big Nintendo boy, so right now I'm nice. playing a lot of Animal Crossing right now. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. And, of course, PlayStation. I love The Last of Us. Uh, the 2013 game was my favorite game of all time. And I guess we'll find out if Part 2 beat it. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Was oh, yeah. we'll circle sure. we're back around to that later, because yeah. uh, no, Jared. I've yes. Oh no, I was just saying. Jarrett was telling me about how the PXN stands for PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, yes. and that you're the N for Nintendo. Yes. And my response was, finally, a fellow man of culture. Nintendo, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, awesome. Well, great again to have you both on the show. So yeah, like I said, we are going to be doing a full review of The Last of Us Part Two. As we said at the beginning in the intro and stuff too, Mogan has not unfortunately played this game yet, although I will be giving you or my copy first now. one or the first one. Uh, but I did send her Kirok that video you sent me as like a good like plot synopsis oh, thing. Yeah. So that way, if she, you know, if she had some idea if she wanted to have some ideas about what we were going to. But this is good yeah. because you can still be the objective question person, you know, who like, who yes. like calls us out. But like, that sounds really lame. Or that sounds awesome because us all blinded by our bias. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So we all have important parts to play here. So, um, I think how it, when, when I talk this out, like, cause like normally we've in the first impressions episode we did, we really kind of covered a lot of the mechanics and everything like that. So I don't want to say let's not talk about that stuff, but since we've all completed the game and everything, like I definitely wanted to spend more time on like story uh, story beats that we liked and, but then just overall impressions. So I think let's go ahead and start off with then just some of the things about it, like either gameplay mechanics, different things like that, that, uh, that either of you thought were especially, especially stood out to you or like the little things about the game that made it, that made it stand out to you. Right off the bat, when I first started playing, um, so, so I'm, I'm free to speak about anything here. I'm anything. not restricted. Yeah. yeah okay. So right off the bat, when you start first start playing, and this is when uh, Ellie's moving through Jackson. She's going down the street. She sees this dog. There's the guy playing the banjo. There's the meat uh, place across the way. I did explore a little bit. I know mm-hmm. the game is kind of trying to take you down the line, and then you go into the uh, what's it called, the bison. The, yes, the the, the the like bar restaurant. Something by yes, that's yeah. right. So, anyways, uh, the thing that got me was. Um, Believe it or not, the thing that's probably least least uh, standout was the fact that when you went up to the building where there was a meat shop and somebody was cutting meat and it was, you know, the, the character, the NPC was in there. It was a three-dimensional space. 
you had no access to it, but it was detailed to the point where he was, there was a side of beef hanging, he's cutting it up and so on. And I'm going, man, they went through the whole trouble of rendering all that into the game as an, as a part of the game. And you're never going to step in there. You're never going to go in there. It's just something mm -hmm. you look at and go, wow, that looks good. When in the past, say games from 20 years ago, that, that was just uh, a flat storefront, you know, textured onto a flat surface. Right. Right away, that thing, I was like, holy smokes, that looks amazing. Like I was, it was blown away just by that simple thing. Yeah. Uh, a little later on, there's a part where you're sneaking around outside, uh, I think it's a grocery store. And I hit or brushed up against some of the trees and the snow that was on the trees just fell off. So nice. I, I'm talking more. Yeah, it looked really good. I'm yeah, talking the, more like technical things. part. Right. Yes. Yeah. So those, those two things, I just, they just boom, like, like just stuck out to me. I was like, what the? <laughs> I, am, I am such a sucker for environmental cues like that. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's like even one of the things that I remembered about like, uh, another great game with horses, but like red dead Two, when uh, like one of the first times I remember starting from a complete standstill and the animation of the horse going into a full gallop, like, and just even like how sometimes it would kind of like twist on its back legs a little bit before it got going and everything. Just, yeah. It's that same kind of thing. I was just like, Oh my right. God, like this is the, this is the detail we're going to get here. And I feel yeah. like there was a lot of that in, in this yeah. game. Um, and then you and that was the, right off the bat at the start. And I was like, Oh man, yeah. <laughs> this is great. And so you mentioned the guy with the banjo and I, uh, in yes. our first impressions, i noticed him too. And I was talking to smoke and I was like, he kind of looked like the composer to me. And yes. So, and so yeah. then I fall, I happened to just follow uh, the composer G Gustavo Santiella mm -hmm. on Instagram. And in his Insta story, he retweeted somebody who was sharing it being like, is this you? And he's like, yeah. yeah. So they actually did <laughs> stick him in the game, which That's I thought was amazing. an amazing nod. Because like The Last of Us is a great story, great characters, you know, great writing, but the music of it is uh, so much. And especially, I think, even in this game, more than the more, second, more, so, more yeah. than the first, like yeah. the music is such an important key to this in, in building this atmosphere. Uh, so, Robert, what's what stood out to you, do you think? Um, I have to agree with uh, with you guys, with the, the technical, uh, just the little details, like as you were saying with the snow falling off the tree, I noticed when you leave Jackson with Dina for the first time, when you're riding on the horse and then there's a little very thin sheet of ice on the, on the water. And then of course in the cutscene they're showing you that it's in your face, but even when you're out of the cutscene and your horse steps on the, on the ice, it cracks. And then it, the little ices just disperse on, on the water. It's not much because it's not a, a big space, but I just can't believe that they they take the time to do those little things. And there's another part with Abby where you're running from the the horde mm, of, mm -hmm. of zombies. And there's even more of that because you're sprinting, you're not looking where you're going, you're bumping oh, into yes. everything. Yes. And there's a scene where um, you're kind of in a cornered area where you there's a bunch of different ways you can get to the exit. But I was just so blown away as to how I got there. It's like, how do they know that I would run into some zombies this way and then backtrack and then jump on this thing mm -hmm. and then jump over here? But that wasn't the only way to get there, but that was the way I, the way I went. And I was, just, I was just so shocked that like they thought of every possible Everything. thing that I could have done in this area to get out. And it was just, it was so cool. It, it blew my mind just like being able to 
find a way to get out of there. It was just, yeah, that, that moment was, uh, stood out to me. And there's many more moments like that where you can play any way that you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think the gameplay in this is, is something that stood out to me. Just that, yeah. Yeah, in terms of one of the little things that stood out to me as I got farther in the game that I noticed too, that I don't, I couldn't put my finger on if I had seen this in other games. But if you, because like you're saying, Kira, because you were going around and explored a little bit, but sometimes when you were playing the game, you know, you'd have a companion with you. And Mm -hmm. just the amount of times, like the first time it happened, I like went the opposite way that the game was wanting you to go. And just to be like, okay, I'm kind of on the hunt for collectibles. I'm going around. I'm this, I feel like there could be something over here. And so you'd kind of go off the path that the game wanted you to. And after a while, your companion would be like, what are you doing? And that's, and and your character would be like, Oh, just a sec. I'm checking something and, or something like that. And I'm just like, man, like to have that forethought too, of just yeah. knowing that like you're going to, there are going to be players who are going around this looking in every single nook and cranny and you kind of give them that nudge that like, no, nah, there's not really anything there, but yeah. still just like that, that, that if like planning, where could this happen? I don't even know like what goes into like the programming or development so that you can tell the game at this point, if this person crosses this line of the, of the map, like trigger this voice line. I was just yes. like, it's incredible. Like how many little intricacies like that were scattered throughout. And then um, there's yeah. the opposite side of that too, where if you're not exploring enough, Dina might say, Hey, maybe you should check over here. Have you checked this place for supplies? Oh, I didn't and then catch that. There's times where somebody else would say like, Hey, maybe we should check over here. Have you checked yes. over here yet? Let's mm-hmm. check these buildings and, and stuff like that. Because uh, I found that a lot with the um, when when you need to go in a specific direction, they would be more like uh, maybe we should go that way. Mm-hmm. But but what the game didn't understand is I was trying to like search every little nook and cranny, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you giving me hints? I know I got to go that way. Right. <laughs> but it was hilarious. I have a closet was- over here. I got to check first. Like get off yeah, my back. Yeah. I really kind of agree with Kirok because I feel like the game really can't win against players like me because in both cases of, hey, what are you doing? And hey, actually, let's check over there. My immediate response is, don't tell me what to do. I'm not going <laughs> to do whatever you want me to do. Just leave me alone. Yep, yep, yep. So I agree that it's great that they put that kind of stuff in there. But the minute an NPC is like, hey, what about that over there? My gut reaction is no. Do the I'm, like, I'm not going to do that. This is my game. I'm just going to do it how I want to. <laughs> Okay, so let's uh, let's really quick give a brief like synopsis of where we are for those. I mean, I know everybody probably knows like the background and everything for this. And if you're you know, you play the game already, you know it. But just a brief one is that so this takes place four years after the conclusion of the first first. Correct. And so it does a really good job, I feel like, of kind of the game of filling the gaps in between throughout the game. But where you pick up is like Roro said in Jackson and Jackson, Wyoming, where the uh, you're still living in there with. Joel's brother, Tommy, and you go out the next morning, you know, go out on this patrol with Dina, uh, you, who was a friend of there's Oh God, there's like so many things that I could go in there. But anyway, you wind up going out on this, on the, on just nor, one of your normal, like patrols that you have to do around the yeah, city, routine, make sure yeah. everything's cool. Everything's okay. And then while you're out, you realize that Joel and his brother, Tommy, who had been gone already from earlier that morning are missing. They're not, they haven't come back. And so you kind of go back out there and to go look around and see and see if you can track them down. When you do, you discover that this other woman, Abby, who you met through a cut to uh, or a transition that has also on her way to Jackson looking for someone. And immediately I yeah. was like, okay, she's looking for Joel. Like who yes, else is she? Be I said for? the same. Yeah. You know? And so I was like, okay. 
I'm curious now because the only thing we'd seen of Abby before was that one trailer that they showed that was with, uh, with the scars or the Seraphites and that they showed a long time ago. That's all we'd seen. So we had no idea if she was good, bad, whatever. And so when she says that, I'm like, okay, so she's going to be a villain. And in the course of events, Joel is killed brutally by Abby because she is seeking revenge on him for something he did in the past. And so that sets off Ellie on this manhunt basically for Abby because she wants, because Ellie breaks in on them, finds where they're keeping, keeping Joel as Abby is torturing Joel. Um, and she see, she's there looks into Joel's eyes as Abby gives, delivers the death blow. And yeah. so that just immediately launches her on this quest for revenge because Abby and her group leave and leave her and Tommy alive. They were obviously just there for Joel. Their mission was accomplished. They're gone. And so you wind up leaving Jackson and then uh, Dina comes with you. Uh, Ellie's friend Dina comes with you. And then, or I guess at that point it is fairly established that they're, they're not, they're not friends. They are, they are in at the beginning of the game. Pal perhaps. Well, yes. But like at the beginning of the game, it's still kind of like a, are, will they won't they kind of thing. And then very quickly after that scene and they, and or on their patrol, really, you get the idea that like, nah, there are more. And something more there. there's something more there. And that becomes more and more apparent and more and more clear. And as the game goes on, but, um, so Dina goes with you, leaves Jackson and goes with you. And you're actually following Tommy because he busted out like the next day and was like, I'm yeah. going after him. I'm, you know, after like Joel was buried and all this stuff, <laughs> um, Ellie would, would stay. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, hopefully hoping that Ellie would stay, but she doesn't. And <laughs> so you wind up going to Seattle in this hunt for, for Abby and her group of friends. And so we'll kind of fill in some gaps now in this first, in this first little bit. So like when you were doing the patrols, like for, for, for one, like how fun was it when they discovered, uh, what was his name? Uh, Eugene was he uh, the, the old, yeah. His like bunker yeah. and everything. Yeah. And he had like a full like pot farm growing in it. Yes. <laughs> and a freaking gas mask with a bong. With the bong, right <laughs> bong gas mask. Oh man, that, uh, th- that whole part, I was just like, this is hilarious. Like, this is so, this is super funny and just a totally random thing that they threw in. Um, but so what did you guys think then? Cause this is the thing that I was like, oh, this is so different because in the first, cause technically the game doesn't start in Jackson. It actually starts with Joel and Tommy on a, on a run. And Joel is recounting all the events of like what happened in the Firefly hospital at the end of, of the first game yes. to, to Tommy. And it's clear Nobody else knows that other than Tommy and maybe Tommy's wife, Maria, that Ellie is immune, which that was interesting. But then the thing that I loved is like in the opening credits, you're Joel. Then you quickly transition to playing as Ellie and then you get to play as Abby. So like getting to play all three characters and I was suddenly like, okay, so Abby's going to be a much bigger thing in this than I was anticipating. She's not just the story character. Like you're playing as her. So like, how much are we going to get to do this? Or is this just to get to build the, the mystery of it all? But so this first like little chunk leading up to Joel's death, what were some of the standout moments to you guys in in this part? Um, okay. <clears throat> Let's see. So one of the things that, uh, because obviously when Joel passes away or when he, when he's killed, um, I'm like, I'm like, Oh man, he's dead. And, I'll go into a little later about how I was hoping a certain thing would happen, but I thought now that he was dead, it wasn't going to take place, but they take care of it in the flashbacks. Okay. Um, but anyways, um, my thing was this. I walked away from the game after playing my first sit down. I only played like 
maybe just after he was killed. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh, damn, um, I only played as Joe for like five minutes in the game at the yeah. beginning. Right after he talks to Tommy, we just ride the horse down and that's it. Because you don't even play as Joel, unless you the first part where you're strumming the guitar for a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Um, so uh, later on, it was confirmed to me through the game as I finished it that you don't play as Joel, and and everyone I think wanted to play as Joel, but you don't play as Joel. Joel in this game, you play him for like like maybe a two two percent of the game, mm -hmm. one percent of the game. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's one of the things that kind of struck me, but it, it took the whole game, not just that first section. It didn't really cement itself till later. Um, uh, what else? Uh, when Abby, when the scene transitioned over to Abby and her group in that chalet, mm -hmm. I was like, who are they looking for? As soon as she goes, do you think he's here when they were looking over Jackson over the hill? And and the first thing that came to my mind was he. They said he. Why? Who are they looking for? It must be must be Joel. And then my my mind starts racing. What about what? Why are they looking for him? And I was thinking right away. I started formulating ideas as to why. Oh yeah. And same. and I was pretty close to what it actually ended up being. In fact, I think I was bang on. It's just they kind of put a twist in the story. Mm -hmm. uh, initially, I was I was saying, oh. Um, it's a revenge. They're looking for him for revenge. And the revenge they're looking him for is because at the end of part one, uh, Joel ends up killing, uh, what's her name? Marlene. I think. Marlene. Yeah. I keep thinking Madeline, but it's Marlene. Yes. Uh, and so I thought they were a group of the fireflies at this point, they hadn't uh, indicated that they were, um, well, the wolves, but they were former fireflies. So I had that right, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so anyways, that all said, um, I right on that one scene where they're on the mountain, I'm thinking, oh, they're looking for Joel. Oh, it's because they killed Marlene. Oh, it's the fireflies. So I hit on like a few points like right away. Yeah. Which part of me was uh, after the whole gameplay and everything went through, part of me was like, um, okay, a little predictable, but still – it made sense. The story had to go somewhere like that. I think yeah. it was perfect. What so, yeah. uh, What did you think, Roro? Um, in these opening credits, I mean, opening moments, of course, I'm super excited playing as Joel as you were when we just started. It's like, oh, cool. This is a nice little opening. And the very beginning when he's telling Tommy about what happened immediately gripped me. It's just like, this is so tense. Like he's laying it all on the table. Obviously you can't keep this from your brother for very long. So mm -hmm. I, I understood Joel opening up to Tommy about that and him at the end of that conversation being like, Tommy, Tommy's like, Joel, what did you do? And then <laughs> Joel's like, I saved her. And then they go off and it's like, holy crap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. And that, that was heavy for me. But a part that early on, I, I actually started crying pretty early on in the game was when Joel played the guitar for Ellie oh, God, because yeah. it, it reminded me of when they were in the university in the first game and Ellie was talking about, Hey, I wish I, I want to be an astronaut. If this all goes away, that's what I want to be when I go older. And he's, she's like, what did you want to be Joel? And Joel's like, I want to be a singer. And then Ellie's like, really? No shit. Like you want to be a singer? Can you sing for me? And then Joel's like, no, I'm not singing for you. And, <laughs> yeah. and they go back and forth and they're, and Joel's like, please sing, sing for me. And Joel's Oh, no way. And then here he is, however many years later, finally, I don't know if he's done this before, maybe he has, or 
to me, this is the first time Joel has fully let down his walls completely, completely to Ellie singing for her. And that, for some reason, just made me cry oh. hearing his cracky voice singing for Ellie. I was um, I was like making notes as I went of like the the, yeah. the moments that I liked the best, and that was the the number one was was yes. was the guitar playing because no, it yeah. was such just a moment between mm-hmm. the two of them because it was it was a continuation of of their relationship that we'd seen at the end of the first game. You could tell okay. there was like a little bit of rockiness with this, like their awkwardness when he like comes in, yeah. and it feels like it was well, she was still young, so like it was probably pretty quick after they came back to Jackson, and you and you could just tell like they're still not like totally comfortable with each other because you can probably at this point they've maybe been together a year maybe two you know and so just like and you can just see the nervousness in joel but you also know it's what he wants to do to show her how much he cares for her and like and all that and so yeah that was an incredible scene but so then how did you guys anticipate joel being killed so early or did you anticipate he was going to die at all so I, I didn't expect it to be so early because the, 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 I don't know if you guys watched the trailers and the advertisements for it. They straight up lied oh, yeah. for some of the stuff. And like there's scenes and flashbacks that are in the game that were in these trailers, but they age up the characters. So you're like, there's certain scenes in the game where it's actually younger Ellie or younger Joel as well. In the, but in the trailers that we saw before the game came out, it was current Ellie, current Joel. So when we found out that Joel dies so early, it was like, so what about all those scenes that we saw? And that's what really excited me. So yeah. it's like, I really don't know what I'm about to get into. So I, yeah, I didn't expect Joel to die off so, so suddenly. Yeah. And that scene, like I kind of, when she said she was looking for somebody, she coincidentally, when running from the that horde of, of uh infected near the beginning when you're first playing as her and she meets with Joel and Joel rescues Joel and Tommy rescue her from the horde. Like I was kind of like, Oh no. But then they, you know, they fought together and I was like, Oh, maybe this is how she's going to be brought in. Like they saved her. She's going to, you know, like be joined them. And then maybe some conflicts arise out of that later. But then when they get back to the lodge and she straight shotguns him in the knee, I was like, Oh no. no. (laughs) It's just like, this is, this got bad real quick. And I was just like, I don't think he's going to make it from this scene. <laughs> and sure enough, he didn't because she beats the shit out of him. And it is, a, it is like gory. It's just like, it's not a good way to go. And uh, I had to honestly, like after it was over, because I just was so shocked that it was happened so soon. I legit had to get up and take a break for like 10 minutes. So I was like, I got to walk around for a sec. Maybe go yeah. shed a tear. But like, it was just so, it was such a like heavy scene. And again, similarly to how the introduction of the first game set the tone, let, let you know, like, no, we're not going to pull punches. I feel like that this scene did the exact same thing and set, kind of set the tone for this game as well. Because uh, I think overall we can agree no punches were pulled in any regard in this game. No. And like what they what they showed, what they had you feel and everything like that. It was incredibly, incredibly well done. Um, so as Ellie and Dina then progress on and move to towards Seattle where they figure out that this group is from. Um, and they eventually get in Seattle and you do that whole section where you're searching through downtown Seattle, trying to find, um, just clues, any kind of hint. I think you're looking for like a gas, a gasoline cash or something like that. So you can try to get, so you can start a generator to open a gate. And so that's what uh, opens that whole thing. Um, and you start having these, you know, interactions start to slowly figure out who the wolves are, the Washington liberation 
front. Yes. Front, WLF, yeah. uh, yes. the wolves. And so, and you're trying to figure out who they are because there are eight, was it eight people total with Abby, I believe, or eight, including Abby, something like that. And so you're kind of like hunting down this whole group and trying to find it. But obviously Ellie is her main goal is finding, is finding, uh, is finding Abby. So in this whole section, then I guess, you know, we're, it's going to honestly take probably too much time if we go through like beat by beat. All this. <laughs> so maybe let's just like, kind of like what were some of the big moments then, I guess, like for me, one of the first things outside of the opening and everything where like the first, like, Oh shit moments that I were really starting to have is like the, around the TV station. Mm-hmm. You know, that part to me with the whole lead up to the TV station where you're trying to uh, get around the um, trip wires and everything, which I thought was an excellent way of uh, like some fun platform because there was a lot and like it was because of the graphical quality of the game, like they were hidden. They were very (laughs) well hidden in the grass. I watched into a few. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. (laughs) Uh, And so it was a pretty uh it was a pretty cool scene but that scene in the tv station where you get your first hint of the seraphites and how brutal they are and that they're the the wlf is not the only uh group in town kind of thing like that that whole scene too especially because like the underground part where it's all red and illuminated and you're hiding from the clickers while also trying to hide from the wlf yes that is some crazy stuff so the thing is is the game uh seemed to fall into like split moments like there were sections or segments to the game mm-hmm. one was the one with joel dying the other one was with dina and um dina and Lee heading into seattle and that whole first part of the game is where they're they kind of have that map with them and they're going around and trying to find different things of course to get the gas to open the gate to get into the next part which was the hotel um it just felt like you could tell there were clear different separations and i got so used to the map and pulling it out that after you finish that whole section with the map in the game i kept hitting the button to pull up this map going mm-hmm. where's my map and then i went oh it's just for that part like that one part like, yeah it was so i, I like the way they did that because they they i think what they ended up doing by doing different things like that where that section was like a part where you kind of go on a collection hunt and look around through the buildings in that area was something that broke uh, the, the, I guess the monotony that could occur. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that way you have a taste of that and then you go on and you have a taste of something different and you go on. Um, so I, I like that. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or found it. You probably got, you probably, guys probably did in the bank in that area. Mm-hmm. Did you find it in yeah. the safety deposit box? Yes. Yeah, man. From uh, Nathan Drake or Uncharted. Best game, Mogan. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Kirok stream when he found like the PlayStation 3 with the Nathan Drake games on it. And I was like, put those in the garbage can where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that ring, I, that made my night when I was playing that part and I found the ring. I was like, this is great. And I forgot the, the, ga- the game. The um, when I say the game, I mean the universe of um, Uncharted and the universe of The Last of Us are the same universe. I thought that was very interesting too. But then also interesting that there's still Uncharted video games sitting on the on the console. <laughs> yes, I, yeah. I it was interesting. Like, oh, so this is the same world. So is he just like? A, it's like he's famous. He's famous. He yeah, he, made, he got yeah. games made of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I guess let's see. Do what? Too much. Not to backtrack too much, but I feel like you guys kind of glossed over what Abby's 
actual motivations are. Oh. Uh, you know, I watched some of Kirok's streams, so I kind of know at least uh, some of the background. So it wasn't that she was seeking revenge for Marlene. Um, you know, no. there's kind of some other yeah. background stuff there. So could you guys talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, so, yeah. So it's later revealed that my first guess for who she was is I thought she was maybe David's daughter, the cannibal guy from the first game. <laughs> You know how okay. one one is a cannibal sometimes. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the whole group was, the whole village was, and like yeah. that was the one that Ellie and Joel specifically, like they cleared that one out. Well, I guess Ellie did more than Joel, but Joel helped in the end when he was coming to rescue her. But like, I was that's the first person who came to my mind. I was like, okay, maybe she's David's daughter. But then it was revealed, and this is what I thought: like it was a great connection, kind of what you were saying, Kirok. It's a great connection, and not the most obvious one. Because you were right, like it was the fireflies. She was getting revenge for the fireflies, but a specific firefly, the That's doctor right. who was supposed to uh, operate on Ellie to develop the cure was Abby's father. And it shows that in a flashback. And I was like, when that happened, I was just like, what? Whoa. Whoa. Like yeah. it just like, I was like, that makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, it's the perfect person who at the beginning you would be like, I w you wouldn't think of them. I didn't think of them at all. I just thought like, yeah, Firefly. It's a Fireflies. But yeah. then to to point to that character specifically, that even through flashbacks and cinematics, kind of flesh him out more as a character. Like you in the flashback where you, it's revealed, you're playing as Abby and he, you're like helping him save a zebra that escaped from the zoo in Salt Lake City. You know how you see the giraffes in the first game. In this one, Abby finds this zebra that's caught in a fence and her dad helps her take care of it. And he was like... Cause she was, the zebra was pregnant, I believe. And so like, he's trying to been taking care of it to help it have a, a burden. And then I was like, holy shit, he's the doctor. And so like that whole part reveal was pretty impressive. Like Rora, did you think he was like, that's where that was going to go? Or did you have a, like, where were your impressions on who Abby's, what Abby's origins were coming from? So unfortunately I did have the game spoiled when the, all the leaks and stuff oh, were no. going on. So I, I, I did kind of know why Abby was doing what she was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't Got get it. everything spoiled, but that obviously is super, a very important thing to have spoiled. So I, I did unfortunately know about that. Um, I, when going into the flashbacks, for some reason, I wasn't using my thinking cap and I was just along for the ride. Um, so those things still kind of surprised me as they were unfolding. Um, but I, I did know Abby's um, intentions and why she was seeking revenge on, on Joel. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. Man, that, that does suck. So overall then, I like, once I heard there were the leaks, like I just went on like, I was kind of planning to do it anyway, but just kind of went on blackout for the game anyway. But how do you feel like, how do you feel like that affected your gameplay at all? Like obviously this one, it was a pretty big reveal that once you got to it, you're like, oh, okay, I kind of already knew this already. But like overall, did that affect the game at all for you? Or was it still just like? In terms of Joel's death, I didn't think that would be so soon. Mm -hmm. So when it happened, I was like, okay, great. Then there's nothing else that has been spoiled for me. That's good. I've got an entire huge game to play. I, either way, it would have been fine. If it was at the end of the game, I had an entire game to play. Unfortunately, the end is spoiling, spoiled for me. That's fine, but it, this is even better. It's the early parts of the game. I still have an entire journey to, to play. So it didn't affect me too much. It When the scene was happening with... Uh, Abby about to take out Joel. I was like, okay, I know what's about to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I was able to brace myself, but um, I didn't expect it still. Didn't expect it to happen so soon. So Roro, then what were your, 
overall impressions because it's like you know th- th- as the game goes goes on you do wind up eventually switching as you go through seattle and you go through the different days of seattle you then if the game like switches goes back in time and you do the same three days in, C- as in seattle as abby and so you get like a whole, you know, introduction to Abby. You learn about her friends. You learn about her backstory more. You learn about like her relationship with her friend Owen, who was there at the night at the lodge when they killed Joel and was in Salt Lake City. Like he was a former uh, Firefly, too. And they had kind of like an on again, off again relationship. But just um, I think what the game did really well. I enjoyed how well the game did that. I will say the being able to play the game from two different perspectives and it feel like two different perspectives because like there were the moments when things would intersect. Like you would come across, Abby would run into one of her friends who in the Ellie part of the game, you've already killed. And so, or Mm -hmm. you've already found dead and you're like, Oh, this is interesting. Like, like this was like the last time they're seeing each other before this happens and on all this stuff. And so that was really cool to see. The only the other game that I can think of that that I've played that did that and did not do it successfully, I felt like was Resident Evil six, because like that game, I feel like I played through it. And then it like has you repeat the campaign like maybe two or three times from different characters perspectives. And then like it didn't cause enough separation for it to feel like different things. And so I actually quit playing because I was like, I'm playing the same game three times. <laughs> so why am I doing this? But um so I was really impressed by how well story-wise that was taken care of. But also then what I felt the game did really well is that it flipped Abby, at least in my mind, from being a bad person into being like, I think I like Abby more than Ellie. You know what I mean? Like as a, as a character, you know, and just like yeah. as a, even, even as a person, like yeah. as you just go through her story. So what were, y'all, what were y'all's impressions of her, of her and her as a character overall and how the game handled, handled her? Uh, I, I, I liked Abby actually. So here's the thing. <clears throat> the game, um, as you guys know, there's all, all these people who have been uh, giving the game bad reviews and saying this sucks and so on and so on. I think the reason behind that, there's two main reasons. One, you don't get to play as Joel and Joel dies. And then they force you to play as the person who killed Joel and you want her to die, but you have to fight to survive as her. Right. Which is Abby. And uh, so the, the, the thing that, that, that I liked was that when you replay the same three days in Seattle, after the fact, they take you through Abby's perspective and point of view, the flashback show you how, uh, her reason for going out and finding Joel and killing Joel was the fact that Joel was was the, the murderer of her father. Mm-hmm. So she went out to get revenge. Well, revenge, uh, you know, um, uh, which in turn, when she does what she did, so what Joel did is kill someone, and that came back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. And then Abby kills someone, so Ellie came back to hunt Abby. And and it's it's like a, a, a never ending cycle that just plays on itself. Um, so the fact that they allowed you to play as Abby, and I know that they did this because I watched some other videos. They did this to try and get you to like Abby, but I had not watched those videos beforehand. I'm playing the game. In fact, I, I played it, recorded it, on, I streamed it, and it's on my YouTube. Uh, and in there, you can see me saying things like, oh, "Wow, these guys in the in the what was it, the Seattle Dome." Yes, like where you, where, they, where they where the like big WLF campus. 
Yeah, the big yeah, yeah, WLF. Yeah. Uh, they're showing you where they live. In other words, the whole WLF group and where Abby lives and the people who were with her when they went to the, sh the chalet lodge to kill Joel. And you get to learn and see her side of it. There are kids in that establishment. They're teaching those kids in classes. Mm -hmm. uh, she's caring for people, getting food for people. They have routes. They have... Uh, uh, people growing f food out in the middle of where the the playing field used to be. Yeah. Uh, so so you get a whole perspective of a completely different group, and and I'm sitting there going, "Who's the bad guy here? Mm -hmm. They just want to live like everyone else. Yeah. They're just a group, a community, and they want they want the same thing that the community in Jackson wants. And so the fact that you get to play Abby that way and see and get exposed to that really works in my opinion because mm -hmm. it's like it's like holy cow if if the last of us two part two came out first and you started as abby meaning the one in 2013 didn't actually start with ellie and joel mm -hmm. you'd be rooting for ellie uh, uh, abby yeah. not, oh, wouldn't yeah. be rooting for ellie do you know what i mean mm -hmm. so I, I i absolutely love the fact that they did the game where you play and then flip roles and they show the different perspective. It was great. Oh yeah. And, really and I think, I think they did it incredibly well. What, what did you think Roro? Yeah, I, I completely agree with what uh, Karak said. Um, I feel like the last of us, the world, it could be told from anybody's perspective. Like we were talking about the bank people uh, from, or the bank heist that happened. <laughs> Uh, if you explore that area, yeah. there's a whole story that they tell there. They could do like a little spin-off game of just that. And I would totally like just a little like one-off series of you just following these guys doing a heist on Outbreak Day. How silly they must be. But I would, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I, I can tell you what they would call it. And I've said this, that they should make okay. a spin. Uh, the Last of Us, Outbreak Day. Done. Perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they could have different stories in that outbreak day, heist, outbreak day, like different stuff that happened on that day. Um, but anyways, um, what I feel about Abby, I didn't enjoy playing as her in the beginning. Like mm -hmm. obviously the the feeling that of Joel being killed by her are pretty fresh when you switch and you're like, this, this girl, she just took away Joel from us. Right. But as Karak was saying, as you progress, you, you, you understand her. Maybe they don't want you to love her, don't want her to like her, but they want you to at least understand where she's coming from. You don't have to love this character, but hating her, like after you play the entire game or as much as you had with Ellie, like there's 10 hours you spend with Ellie and maybe 10 hours you spend with Abby, you at least understand where she's coming from. And, mm -hmm. and maybe you, you might feel a, you might start to dislike Ellie for what she's putting Abby through and love through and the different characters that you, you, that Abby finds and she starts caring for. And there's a lot of parallels between Joel and Ellie and Abby and love that I, I found. And even down to at the very end of the game, like literal parallels where what Abby's doing is what Joel did for Ellie mm -hmm. at the end of uh, part one. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I loved Abby as the time continued, um, but the revenge cycle was so hard to watch from both sides. Like all these people that Abby cared for, all these people that Ellie cared for, it's so hard to see them being taken away if they would just both chill out for just a second. Yeah. Um, there's so many chances that Abby gives Ellie to just like, listen, you don't understand what I went through, but I had to do this. I'm going to, I did my thing. 
I'm going to let you go. She lets him go. Ellie still comes back, tries to do it, and Abby almost kills her again. And then she has something that is there to stop her, which is Lev. And he's about, she's about to kill Dina, which is Ellie's reason to, I guess, keep pushing forward now that Joel's gone. And so she stops when she sees Lev. She's like, okay, this is Ellie's, and don't let me see you again. And then Ellie ruins that chance again and goes after... Um, uh, what's her name? Abby again. Yeah. So there's so many chances that I, I, I saw Abby give Ellie that made me like her even more and more. <laughs> I, that just made me just like face palm when Ellie just kept going out, but I understood right. why, mm-hmm. but I, I just, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I mean. That's why I think I almost liked Abby more in this game, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just because yeah, she had mercy. Mm-hmm. She had restraint. Granted, there were yeah. times you could tell she wanted to go off. And yeah. like, especially in the second, in their second, uh, encounter and in the, in the theater, um, yeah. because then what happens, you know, to catch us up to where we're talking about right now is that you go through the eventual, uh, three days from each perspective. And then it culminates back at this theater in Seattle where, uh, Ellie and Dina had been hiding out and throughout the course of her in investigations and, and everything. And then searching through Seattle, they eventually met up with Jesse, who was Dina's ex-boyfriend. Uh, but then they're both friend from Jackson. And he followed him not long after they left to try to give him to try to help him because he's like they're going to get into some trouble, uh, and so they eventually do meet up and find again Tommy they and everything. So they're all back in the theater, and so when Abby comes to this point, like she like beats up Tommy <clears throat> and everything, and then uh, Jesse and uh, Ellie hear the scuffle, run into the room to go get to go uh, see what's going on. And as soon as they like bust in the door, Abby goes off and pops Jesse in the head and like shoot and kills him. And it, I was yeah. just like, Oh my God. That was like, 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 I was, I was yeah. shocked when that one ha- yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Because what you find out throughout the course of the game is that uh, Dina is actually pregnant with Jesse's child. Cause they had broken up not long before the events of this game started. And so, and like, she kind of drops that bomb on Ellie being like, Hey, you know, and so like Dina has to kind of take a back seat because she's getting really bad morning sickness. And it's just, and Ellie's obviously like, I can't have you going out on this, you know, dangerous hunt with me. Like, you know, you know, like you need to stay here. I'll just go out and come back, keep tabs on you and all that stuff. And so then that's how eventually, uh, Abby almost kills Dina is because when they're fighting, when Ellie and Abby are fighting each other, Dina comes in to try to save, to save Ellie. Yeah. And D- and Abby beats the shit out of her, and then and all the stuff to Left and, puts an arrow through Dina. Yeah, like it. It's it's oh just gets it. Just was such a crazy scene. But yeah, when they bust through those doors and Jesse just took a bolt to head, I was like, oh my god. That's again where I was just like, this game pulls no punches because you just constantly saw everybody that both of them cared for constantly just get pulled away and taken away. Fortunately, you know, like Abby shows again mercy and doesn't kill Dina, which is which is great because the, the, the two things stopping her one is that Lev was there, which we'll talk, we'll talk about who Lev is in a second. And then Ellie begs her telling her that Dean is pregnant, which again shows how much restraint Abby has in this moment and not killing Dina because just the last two people that Ellie had killed were her old uh, boyfriend, Owen, and the girl yeah. that he was currently in a relationship, Mel, was who was also oh. pregnant and Ellie pregnant, killed her, exactly. not realizing that she was pregnant. And just about to ask that question, because when I was watching Kirok's stream, maybe this is or is not the same character. But when Kirok was leaving the Astrodome or whatever it's called as Abby, 
you encounter some NPC that is like seven to eight months pregnant, like very, very pregnant. Short brunette hair. Yes. What happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. I really wanted to know, but I didn't catch the follow up. <laughs> Karak, you got to tell me. Yeah. Uh, well, basically what happened was Ellie went in. Um, I think what, what it was is Ellie ended up. Okay. Ellie ended up killing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's get it out there. Uh, Ellie ended up uh, going into the aquarium, killing Mel, which was the lady who was pregnant, and mm-hmm. Owen, which was the previous girlfriend of Abby or boyfriend, of, yeah, girlfriend of Abby. Now Mel's boy, uh, girlfriend, a boyfriend. Um, and what, what ended up happening was she was wearing like a puffy jacket, and the altercation occurred. There was words and stuff, and she. I can't remember if she pulled a knife for the gun or, or whatever it was. But in she the had end, the gun. Owen rushed for the gun and that yeah. to try to get that. And that caused Ellie to shoot her. And then Mel kind of went for her. And, and then Abby. Yeah. yeah. And then Ellie. Yeah, and then sorry. and then Mel fought and and it, she ended up dying because uh Ellie stabbed her in the neck. And then um she finds out right then and there that she's pregnant. Owen right before like whispers Tommy it to her. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Owen whispered it to him with his dying breath to Ellie with his drying breath. She goes, unzips the jacket and she can tell she's pregnant. And that's when you could see Ellie just backed away. And she was like, uh, she couldn't believe what she had done. She was literally on her, on her hands and knees about to puke. And that's mm-hmm. when Tommy runs in with, um, uh, who was the other person? Jesse. Jesse? Yeah. 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 And I think that was the first moment that kind of made that I think hit Ellie where she was like, uh Oh, like, Maybe, like, maybe I've gone too far, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. there, you know, you know, but like there's that moment. And there's also the moment where she's hunting down Nora, where, yes. she, where she tortures her to get, get, uh, get some information out of her where to find, uh, this other girl that who is also, who we find out is already dead. But Lee. She's looking for Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Something like, yeah, I think that's who you, who we were looking for. So we, Go after her, and that's near the the subway area. So that's like the red lit, awesome. That's that area was so cool. But you you take out Nora, and then when she goes back to the theater to tell uh, Dina what happened, she's in like pretty Shock. shaken about what she just yeah. did too. So yeah. she yeah. goes, but she keeps pushing herself because she wants to get that closure, but she keeps pushing herself too far, and and at that what that's where it gets her, killing a pregnant mother yeah uh what, what i like well what i found super interesting about that scene and not we're not to be clear we're not talking about the scene with mel uh, mm-hmm. and her killing mel the scene in the hospital with uh, her trying to get nora to talk right uh that scene there they leave it in the player's hands right. so you literally have to press the button to have her finish off being the monster that she's becoming yeah and that's like I was like sitting there going, I don't know if I want to press this. I had nothing. <laughs> a lot like, of moments like there was that. no yeah. value for me and Nora as a character. Like I didn't get any kind of emotional attachment to her. But that I think is one of the first times when you start to see the bad side of Ellie coming out, like really bad. And they make you play it out. It's mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I think so that's deep. the thing, and I think the another one of the strengths, even though this game is very gory very heavy i think it handles it very well in how much that it, it it definitely doesn't make you feel like you're free of the consequences or the actions like it, it puts you in the shoes i think to help drive it home just how fucked this is 
like in, in every sense, you know what I mean? It's just like, and how, and how both parties are, Ellie especially is kind of out of control. Both people, you know, set off this cycle, these cycles of revenge that like need to be stopped. One of them has to break the cycle eventually, but who's yeah. it going to be? Cause they both seem equally locked. And so when, you know, Abby makes it back to the theater and before she and Ellie get into it again, but after, you know, she, you know, she kills Jesse, they're doing it. And she tells Ellie and I, loved it i love this moment she's pointing the gun at ellie and just like i let you live and you wasted it like abby was totally fine letting just bygones be bygones after that but ellie had to come back and you know and and do this and then like and the next thing their fight takes off abby just straight up like pops tommy in the head and i was like what the (laughs) (laughs) it's just Uh, right there i was like he's dead it's over tommy's gone yeah i was just like holy crap like this is just later he didn't but that's yeah. yeah. It like severely messed him up though. But like he, oh, yeah. he, he didn't die. Um, and so let's, let's circle back then. So we talked about Lev. Let's, let's talk about Yara and Lev and like the, and the, the their storyline and, the, and their importance to the story too. One, one thing though, I will touch on, before, I think because we, we mentioned it briefly, let's get back to it before we get too, too far out, too yeah. far out is, uh, one of the things that I also loved about this game was Dina and Ellie's relationship because obviously yeah. like it's the beginning. And from that first trailer, you know, they share that kiss and then, but then even after that, like they're kind of weird for like the first couple days of the game. Like when they're first starting the patrol, like they're kind of like, so what did that mean? And, or Dina is like really trying to pry at Ellie. Like, so, you know, and Ellie's like, uh, and then they eventually like, obviously like break down, like those barriers come down and they become, and they do start a relationship with each other. But that's what I loved though. I loved just how out it was. It wasn't like, like there, you could not play this game and have any doubts that they're, that the status of their relationship and, and their sexualities. And it was, and I just thought that was and it, but it wasn't also like in a, it was just there. It was, and it was yeah. just a, you know, and I just loved how open it was. It, there was no like explanation. You still ran into the, like the, the dumbasses like Seth, the guy who owned the bar and restaurant. Yeah. who just like starts the fight by like being like, he sees him kiss in the party. And he's like, this is a family party, family gathering. And it's just, and they're both like, uh, yeah. fuck off. But like, I just like, I just loved how, that was portrayed. And I just love their dynamic together as in the relationship and just how they both like after Ellie kills Nora, like Dina, I don't remember. Does Ellie like explicitly say what she had to do or Dina can just tell that she had a rough time. I made her talk. I I think that's what it was. Like, I can't recall exactly, but she didn't specifically say I killed her or I got her to talk. He got her to talk. Yeah. Dina just knows that like Ellie had to do some stuff and it's just like how just like, she no question like was just there to go with Ellie and be on this, this journey with her when these hard things are happening. Like she was just there for Ellie and which I think like she just holds her and like, you know, comforts her and tries to, it tries to help her, even though she knows that she's putting herself in her unborn child risk. She knew she was pregnant before they left, but like she still has that much dedication and love to Ellie. And I just thought their relationship, their relationship was something special. After I had finished the game, I was watching some other people stream and there are parts where they kind of clicks after you kind of see it a second time. Uh, There were parts where um, Ellie in her journal had written Dina sick this morning again and so on. But you don't know, you don't know until Mm -hmm. later but I never put the two together. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, oh, she's got a bug. She's, she's suffering from a bug. That's what Ellie wrote in the journal. But then you find out later she's pregnant and that explains why she's got morning sickness later on. Yeah. Or earlier on. Sorry. Yeah. It's so good. So just good. so many layers. This is the one that I think definitely reading every scrap of paper you can find. 
like yes. is beneficial. Like it, it relieves, so it fills in so uh, many things. Um, I want to say one other thing. Yeah. Okay. And this was part of uh, when I mentioned earlier, a little bit of predictability. I had called it well before it happened, but I had noticed that there were situations where they were going into areas with sport and Ellie would put her mask on. Yes. Although she's oh, this is actually what I was going to jump to next. Oh, this is are perfect. you serious? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> no, no, so, go ahead. Okay. So what I was like, my initial reaction was, well, Joel knows he's she's immune. She doesn't need to put the mask on. But then it, it's basically nobody else knew that she was immune. So she's playing the part. Uh, and when I say else, I mean any, anyone else in Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, so she's playing the part, putting the mask on, playing the part so nobody could discover that she's immune. And he's kind of telling her to protect that as a secret. So I was like sitting there going, oh, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be some hectic little action scene. Something's going to go wrong. Her mask is going to break and somebody's going to be like, oh, my God. And I hate to say it, but that's exactly what happened yeah. with Dina. It was such a great sequence. Never mind. But uh, bringing it back to what you were saying, the relationship between Dina and her, Dina was like ready to say, we can share the mask. We can, I can give you, you know, I can keep you going. Yeah. Uh, and Ellie was like, no, no, no. What are you doing? No even though she had already confessed back in the scene where they were in that place with all the, the marijuana. Right. Yeah. The, we, um, and she didn't believe her, but it ended up being true and she was blown away. So. Well, because Ellie was covered up that she got the tattoo to cover her bite mark. And then she yes. had, because it had like healed and scarred all weird. She just claimed it was an acid burn, a chemical yes. burn or something like that. And so I, that was my question too. I was like, Oh, why is she hiding it? But then it makes sense. Cause it's like, once you find out that there's somebody who's immune to it, like, <laughs> you can't keep that secret yeah. forever kind of a thing. And then, yeah, the, you know, good people could try to come find her for that. And, but then also a lot of bad people could come and try to find her for that. So I understand sure. Joel wanting her to hide it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought that was really key too that she hid the immunity from, but then that's what like kind of, they have that realization. They escape from that, from that place. I don't even remember where they were. Was that the subway red light scene? Nice, nice, nice. And, yeah. um, and so like Ellie tells her like, no, for real, I'm immune. I tried to tell you this before. And then Dean is like, okay, well, uh, secret time for me. I'm pregnant. <laughs> so it was like, that's how that whole bombs. Boom. Yeah. It's like, okay, well you're sharing, I'm sharing. So here you go. Um, but so jumping back then to, uh, introducing of Yara and Lev and their and their introduce, introduction into the story. They're the characters that you meet you meet in that trailer where they first showed Abby off, which I thought was interesting. These weren't just like produced trailers that they made just to show off the game. Like they were full cutscenes. Like those first two trailers that they showed, the party at that they showed at the E3 2017, 18, and then the and then that trailer with Abby were just straight cutscenes. And so I loved that the whole introduction. And it was the Moments with Abby and Lev specifically, because, you know, you see in that cutscene, Yara gets her arm broken by the, by the Seraphites in a very brutal fashion. Like they just beat her arm with a hammer. And yeah. so Lev and, uh, Abby have to go off after they escape and reconnect with Owen and Mel, which this is another thing. Like another sub thing to this is that Owen and Mel are trying to leave. Owen's trying to get away from Seattle because he heard the possibility of a new firefly camp. And so okay. they want to leave because they, the WLF is an incredibly violent force. Uh, they are, you know, total domination. They, they, it's like them and the, and the Seraphites, they shoot on site kind of thing. Um, and they and they can just tell things are going to get bad and things are going to get bad quick between the two, especially because the WLF leader, Isaac, who, loved the fact that he was played by Jeffrey Wright. Mm. Uh, that was a very cool, like little uh, cameo that I was not expecting. I loved that. Uh, 
when they she they knew that stuff was going wrong and like they shouldn't be just in this eternal conflict basically and so owen was trying to leave especially since he had a uh, a child with mel on the way and so they try to convince abby to leave and so that's why they are already feeling sympathetic a little bit to the seraphites i feel like so abby knows that she can once yara and lev helped her escape from the seraphites she's like okay i can bring these two back to them because like i've got to help them now and take care of yara's broken arm and so it was the moments though that i felt like with abby and lev where i was that's those are the times when it made me feel like I where I was like, Abby's just a good person. She, she made a terrible mistake. Let's not like sugarcoat that by going by, you know, seeking revenge on Joel and everything. Not saying Joel didn't make a bad mistake either. Like Joel was not innocent in any means. You know, like we saw all that he did and the actions that he did in the main game. But what about the 20 years before that of the first game? You know what I mean? True. Like, what yeah. was he doing in that time, too, when everything was really crazy? So, like, I'm not trying to like excuse either of them really but it was still just like those moments with lev is when i feel like you really got to see abby's humanity i feel like and i think that was the contrast abby still had her humanity ellie at this point had i believe had far lost it like by the by this point uh and so i feel like that was what was very impactful for them but what uh what did you guys think of of uh, the lev and yara and everything and like their introduction to the story and how they played out with everything um, I thought they really helped me connect with Abby a, a bit more. Um, as I was, I was saying before, it took me a while to warm up to her, but Yara and Lev kind of sped up that that process. Yeah. Um, just seeing her care for them, and as I said before, the parallels between her and Lev and Joel and Ellie were definitely there. Um, there's a scene where they're, uh, Lev is taking them through uh, the skyscraper towers, which is crazy that this it's so crazy yeah it was awesome but they're bonding over over uh over abby's uh fear and that she's kind of letting her walls down her fear of heights which which is also going back to the very beginning of this conversation where we were talking about stuff that stood out to us um an interesting thing is if you look over an edge when you're abby like if you're just standing on a little cliff it started like it shows you like her perspective, like she gets starting vertigo, the controller starts shaking a little bit. And if you're doing it as any other character, it's just, you know, you're just looking down a pit. But yeah. if you look down a pit as Abby, you the fear is actually part of her character, which mm-hmm. is I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Yara and Love are, are awesome. Um, there's something that I saw online with um, uh, how the flashbacks that both Ellie and... Um, Abby have how Abby keeps having these nightmares about the firefly, um, the hospital Mm -hmm. where her dad was killed. And she keeps waking up freaked out every time uh, she has them. But when she decides to go and do something good and try to get this closure for, she goes out to help Yara and Lev and say, I could do something here. I don't have to just leave them out there. These Seraphites don't have to be our enemy. At least these two kids who are completely innocent in all of this don't have to be. Mm-hmm. So she goes out and does that. And when she does that, when she has her, her, her nightmares aren't nightmares anymore. The first, the one that the dream that she has that night is of her dad smiling without the mask. And she just, and she wakes up calmly that night yeah. or that morning, I guess, instead of that jolt that she usually has when she was running away from Ellie and thinking about her dad in this negative way, I guess. 
And similar stuff happens to Ellie as well near the end of the game with her flashbacks of Joel always being so gruesome and negative. Eventually she has a positive one. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool that Yar and Lev kind of helped re- redeem Abby, not for like players or anything, but herself. She felt redeemed by taking care of these characters. Right. And yeah, I love them. So M- Mogan, are you familiar with who Yara and Lev are? now because i've been very quietly looking at the wiki and <laughs> <laughs> got a little bit of knowledge now okay so for i can tell you straight from this wiki page <laughs> so for for those who uh haven't played yet and are listening and everything yara and lev are two former seraphite children who have escaped because uh they were brother well they were sisters when when yep. they were born uh lev went went by lily originally and when they were older they're like what would you say, like 10 to 12, both of them? Or like early, like almost teenagers, early teenagers? Yeah, almost teenagers. Like Ellie's age-ish in the first game. In the Um, first game, 14, 13, 14. So this- Yeah, at most. The Seraphites were a religious, like death cult, I think we we could- yeah. Like they, they had this like old, the found some founder of their religion, of this religion, who is, I'm assuming dead at this point. And- um. It seems after her death, like when this, when this group began, they were a peaceful group. And like this, this woman who started the movement, like, uh, really made it about like peace of harmony kind of stuff. And then it just like took a turn after she, after she died. And so now it's this like very, very like strict religious cult. Like they don't care if they die kind of stuff. And so, um, Lily was supposed to be married to one of the elders and, and was like, nope. So, and to, but she wanted to be a soldier like her sister, uh, Lily, sorry, Yara, uh, Yara. And so what, what Lily does is then shaves her head and, and then begins going by Lev and everything, because that is, you know, Lev is, is transgender. And so they, that is obviously a no, no. And this is, you know, to the Seraphites and they're just like, Nope, you're going to die now. And the crazy thing is too, and what caused them to even flee even more is they thought Lev thought that he would have safety with their mother, but their mother was so into the, into the cult and bought into the religion too, you know, denounced them and, and kicked them out and was, it was going to turn them over to the Seraphites to have them both executed. And so Yara stood up and helped Lev escape. And so that's where, why they're both all three joined eventually in that meeting with the, with the Seraphites in the, in the forest that you see in that cutscene and trailer that we've talked about. So that's how they all come together. Um, but after Ellie, uh, sorry, Abby and Lev return with the supplies needed from the hospital to be able to, um, help, help Yara's arm. Cause they, cause Mel, who is a doctor has to do a, uh, has to remove it because it's going to get compartment syndrome. And so, Abby and Lev go on to the, go out to the hospital, get the stuff and come back. But then after they, Yara's all healed and back up on her feet and everything, Lev takes off to go back to the Seraphite Island to uh, try to rescue their mother and get their mother out. And so that's why Abby and then Yara then go after Lev to the Seraphite base, which just so happens at the same time, the WLF are rolling into town to, to start, to start a big war. And so that scene and the whole sequence of going through the, the Seraphite village at night with everything on fire was again, one of those moments I'm like, this is terrible, but I have to take a moment and just like address how great this looks, you know, like from, from a game and like even cinematically really. So, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say a few things about the whole 
Yara and Lev. Sure. And Sarah fights. And then the town that was on fire, which was the hometown on an island. It was called Haven, right? Yes. Haven. Yes. Uh, where Lev and Yara were from. Uh, my my opinion may not be popular. Um, <laughs> I I liked Yara and Lev. I liked and I liked how there was that um, uh, it gave Abby a chance to do something humanistic. Like he, she, she had a reason or wanted to help them. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause um, cause otherwise uh, Yara wouldn't have survived with the injury she had. So it makes you question, well, why is she doing what she's doing? And then it helps add on the fact that she's doing it because she's actually deep down inside a good person, mm-hmm. uh, aside from the fact that they saved her life. So a couple of things I do want to point out about that whole part from where uh, Yara and Lev save Abby. That sequence where they're hanging her and about to stab her in the stomach and gut her, that is probably the best looking graphical sequence. Like visually, it was the best part of the game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The second best was later on in the Burning City when uh, Abby was fighting this guy, like the big guy that you cut right. the... Right there, that was incredible. Like those were the two most visually incredible parts of the entire game, in my opinion. The lighting was perfect. the The rain in the nighttime, the lighting was all flame light at in the dark. It just was intense. Yep. Now I'm going to say the thing that may make me unpopular. (laughs) I didn't care for the scars, and I thought it was tacked on. I didn't like it. I was like. I was sitting there playing, going, reading all the notes as you go through about the, these other guys, the scars, and we already have the wolves. And I'm sitting there going, really? In 24 years, there's this whole new religion? Like yeah. that fast? Um, and then all these people are like, uh, I th- one of the other things about the scars was they weren't allowed to use anything modern or new world. Well, no longer in that time, but meaning any of the technology of the old world. Mm-hmm. Yet they were using guns. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I were, think, and I think that was even addressed at one it point. It was uh, right. Because, he did mention it, but I, yeah. I had mentioned that, and then they addressed it as I was playing. But, but I, I don't know. I think, I mean, they saved Abby's life. There's some great sequences, mm-hmm. and it gives Abby something that you get to attach to, and it makes those parallels that I didn't even think of, uh, Roro. Uh, like you mentioned about how the Abby Lev relationship is kind of like what the Joel Ellie relationship was in the first one. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, for whatever reason, I didn't even make that connection, but that's great. Uh, for whatever reason, I was like, not, it just, I just didn't buy into the scars also known as the Seraphites. Um, they're called just, scars because they scar their faces. Yeah. They put like big joker scars. It's part basically. of a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of a ceremony. And then they cut themselves down here and they have these scars. Um, so so everyone else outside the Seraphites call them scars. Um, but to me, it, it didn't, I don't think it, I think it was tacked on, but it, they did a great job integrating it and putting it all together. But it just, I didn't, I liked the characters, but I didn't buy the whole existence of the Seraphites. That's it. Hmm. I didn't okay. buy that. I think, I think it, like that quickly, 24 years later, there's a whole new religion, a whole new uh, way of life. Uh, these guys, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Like the leader that of part. it was able to like start it, die, and then it degrades so quickly. And so like, yeah. so, so, but yeah, I can get that. I, I actually hadn't even 
thought about that, honestly, but that's a very good point now that you say it. Um, but so in the events of the, of Haven and in, the, in, in their escape, they actually, they find Lev. Lev actually went, found their mother and try yeah. and tried to rescue her. But her mother, uh, Lev's, their mother still was not having it and tried to fight Lev and I think, and kill Lev and Lev had to kill their, their mother. And that yeah. was another. And so Abby and, so Abby did and you Yara find, find Lev in the, in their, in the hut yeah. and they find the body of their mother. And, you know, so then they try to get out of there and escape. And there's another, just another heavy emotional moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then in the escape and in the course of the event and everything, they get stopped and found by Isaac and a couple of other groups, a, a couple other people from the WLF and Yara is killed in that fight. So like, it's just like, again, oh yeah, she does. Puts a bullet <laughs> right, right into, right into Isaac's back and kills him, which is uh, like, good on you, Yara. Yeah. Uh, but then like they, immediately again, like I was saying earlier about the game pulls no punches. Yara does that. Then the three wolves standing next to, next to Isaac, just like unload in Yara. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh God, just like, it's just like so many moments of the game. were just like, you know, gut punches really. Yep. Um, so basically after all this, Abby and Ellie have their standoff at, and everything at the, at, at the theater, they separate again. Like once they've, they've had their fight, they almost all kill each other again. All this, you know, Abby doesn't kill Dina because she knows she has to set the example for Lev. She has to be there for Lev now. Like they are the only thing that each other have in the world now. And so and she sees that Dina is the only thing Ellie has at this point, I think. And so they go their separate ways and there's another time jump. And here we are then back in Wyoming or close to Jackson. Uh, and Dina and Ellie are living on their own with mm-hmm. now uh, Jesse Jr. JJ. Dina's had the baby at this point. Uh, and they are just living their lives at the, on the farm. Tommy comes by one day, tells her, hey, I think I got a hint, on, a tip on where Abby's at. And they, and at first Ellie's like, no, no, it's done. It's done. Like I'm, we're done. Like we're cool. We've, <laughs> we had our thing. Um, but she still just can't shake it. I mean, she has to go out one more time. Like we talked about and tracks down Abby and, but then this is the other part where I was like, Ellie, what are you doing? Because <laughs> like, she's trying to leave and Dina stops and is like, look, you can't do this. I can't sit here for months thinking you're dead just every day. You know, you have a family, you have me, you have our son. Like you, you, I can't wait basically. Like I, I I won't like just be here. And even with all of that, Ellie cannot let it go. She still is hanging on to this revenge that she has and has to fulfill. And so winds up tracking down, uh, Abby and Lev to Santa Barbara, California. And that's where we have this final confrontation. Abby, you find out they do locate the group of fireflies that they were looking for and they were on their way to meet them when they get, when Abby and Lev get apprehended by a new group in Santa Barbara, the Rattlers who then take them to their base and force them into slave labor with the rest of, with some other prisoners that they have. And so this happens, which I thought was interesting. I thought it was a little closer in time, but it turns out like there's a big separation of, because again, it does, you play from Abby's perspective, then you play from Ellie's perspective. And they, you know, Ellie figures out where they are, which then is just crazy that this whole thing happens. Ellie is so determined, so focused on taking out Abby that she go tears through this whole camp of rattlers. This whole, you know, just goes on a rampage again. Yep. Still though, 
like right. it was a great part. It was, yeah. it was a, again, just like another heavy moment, another, just like, what has this world become, <laughs> you know, a kind of thing. And this is the moment though, that I think where it really sealed it for me, where I was like, no, Abby's the better person in all of this because Ellie goes through hell. Like she gets, she gets caught in a trap that like punctures her side at, at this one point yeah. early on. That's how she even finds out where Abby is. Cause she gets caught in a rattler trap. She winds up killing the, the killing those rattlers and they tell her where Abby is. Um, and so, but she's like got this huge gash in her side. She's like, she even been telling Dina, like one of the reasons why she had to go is cause she still sees Joel. She still has, well on their farm, she had like a massive, uh, panic attack, PTSD episode yeah, and yeah. everything. And that's what kind of like pushed her forward to like, no, I still got to solve this. But like, so she goes through all this hell. So she's like, even a she tells Dina, I haven't been eating. I haven't been sleeping. So in this part, it's cooler weather or warmer weather. So like, she's in a, just a, like a t-shirt and all this stuff. You can tell she is like very, uh, emaciated and just kind of like not her normal self and all this. And so you're yep. going, and so she's putting herself through this literal hell of fighting the rattlers fight, you know, and this physical toll that she's taking herself goes through this camp is able to actually rescue Abby and Lev. They all escape. And Abby at this point, like Abby was actually on, like had tried to escape and the rattlers had put her on her and Lev in the pillars, which basically just like straight up, you know, like crucified hanging from yeah, the holes on posts on the beach. And so, and she'd been up there for a few days, you could tell. Plus she'd been in this camp and, you know, and for, held against her will for a long time. So you find her and she is, is, you know, like is very emaciated and, and malnourished and everything too. Yeah. And you go through all this, you're both barely moving at this point. You get to the water where there's some boats so that you can escape and you're about to cross ways. And Ellie's still like, I can't let you leave alive. And I'm like, what are, Yeah. Yeah, she sees Joel's face again, like right before uh, Abby kills her. And it was in that moment, where I was just like, Ellie, you're truly lost. Like, what's <laughs> what's going on here? You know, what what did you guys think about that whole and then their final fight and all that? What was what were your thoughts there? Because I was like, I was le I was legitimately because you're playing as Ellie and you're and you're doing this fist fight with Abby in the water and you're beating the shit out of her and it looks like you're going to win. I was yeah. not pushing the yeah. attack button. I, Abby yeah. killed me as Ellie's multiple times in this fight. Cause I kept looking for outs. I was literally fighting really? the game. I was fighting the game being like, I do not want to kill her. I do not want to kill her. I do not want to kill her. Please don't let me kill her. Like, and I thought it was legitimately going to make me kill her. And I was yeah. that I was more upset about that after everything experienced in the game than even like Joel being killed at this point. I was just like, I can do, please do not make me kill Abby. And that's what it felt like it was happening. But how was that moment for, for you guys? So this whole Santa Barbara part was a is a really cool uh, moment, and you're talking about the the rattlers, mm -hmm. and when they come across them, uh, Abby and Lev, like things are going good. They're just like searching for the fireflies, and it's like okay, things are going a little too well here. And as soon as they're exiting, it's like okay, something's definitely about to happen right now. Yeah. And old, they gets Lev gets knocked out on the garage door, and and. Abby gets captured. I was like, of course, but this is so awesome. There's a, there's a new faction. They, they kind of hinted it at it as you're walking through. They have like little graffiti yeah. on trailers and stuff like that. I was like, okay, something's going down here. So Which I thought Abby and Lev were a little too like, eh. Very chill about it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, no. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the whole jail prison camp that they had going on when you come up on it as Ellie uh, when she gets captured, by the way, how she escapes, like, how are you this cool? 
Ellie. Like she <laughs> grabs the, the, the guy and because th- in a way, like she can use the zombies as her as her like her weapon. Like mm-hmm. she's immune to these things. If she gets bit, it's no big deal. Obviously, they can rip her face apart or throw some acid burns at her and she could still die. But the infection doesn't bother her. So she's kind of a little bit more brazen and brave around the, the infected as a regular person wouldn't be so she takes advantage of that and i thought like that was such a cool that was a great scene scene. like when she grabbed his hand and she takes out both of them just like that yeah but when you pull up on the the prison and i was like what i was like what is this place i'm seeing like the the runners chained up Mm -hmm. on stuff and i I start the encounter and and then i was like wait a second because i start killing some people and then i see the the runner chained up it's like can i can I let this runner go and just like see what happens? So I restart the encounter and obviously you can. I was like, oh I man, the same this thing. Gonna this gonna <laughs> so I, I do, do my best and try and play it stealthy and like let the the runners take care of the bad guys for me. Obviously there's a, a limited amount of them, but it just speaks to the fact that you can use these guys as Ellie. Um, but a little bit further, as we were talking about the final battle, I don't think a game has ever done this to me before where you, you're at the final boss. That's the final boss. That's who you're supposed to kill. I didn't want either of them to win. I just wanted both of them to, to chill out. Like, yeah. I, of course, I'm rooting for Ellie. She's my girl from 2013. But of course, I've had this new bond with Abby as well. So when they're fighting, I was like, I, I just... I, there was just so much going on in, in me that I was like, I can't do this. Obviously, you have to. But yeah, there was that. And as well as a theater, when you're playing as Abby and trying to beat up uh, Ellie, that was hard for me as well. I was like, I don't want to do this to Ellie. And there's a moment yeah. where you're choking Ellie. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't like the look yeah. on her face right now. Yeah, I'm, man. I don't like this. But yeah, I, the final battle was, was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, like, and I didn't even have the same reaction, I think, about like when Abby was almost killing Ellie again uh, or in one of those, the, when they had their big conflict, I was honestly, I was just kind of like, maybe this is how the cycle needs to end. You know, like I I don't think Ellie's going to stop. And so, but what finally did make her stop is she's holding Abby under the water, choking her out on the beach. And she finally has like what you had mentioned earlier, Roro was the, was the the positive flashback to Joel. Um, which and so then she see, which is just Joel sitting on his porch playing his guitar and kind that's of singing awesome. a little bit. And it was a great little scene. And that's what makes her like suddenly snap and realize, Oh, like I can't like, this has to end. Like I, I can't do this. Like I've, I, I can't be like Joel in this case in like, just, yeah. you know, go scorched earth on everybody. Um, because you know, like you had said earlier, Rotor, like you kind of felt awkward at first playing as Abby. Cause you were like, she just killed Joel. I yeah. kind of like, you know, I was, I don't think I felt that same awkwardness because I've, and I've even said it, I believe in past episodes, like I've kind of viewed Joel as an antihero more than a hero. Like, sure. He's a great character, like well-written, well-developed, but in just his utter selfishness is what causes, you know, the, the, really all the problems of part two. Like that's why Abby's there, you know, is, um, but so, but having that moment, but so then that's what leads though into what I think were two of the biggest gut punches I had aside from all the like massive character deaths that happened in this game were the two late game flashbacks that she did have with Joel. One, the first one was at the party where there, the dance happens. Uh, she and Dina kiss 
And then Seth comes in and gets in the way. Well, Joel like gets up in front of, you know, and stands up for her and fights her. And I think at this point, like she, at this point we had learned had already figured out what had really happened. Joel tried to keep the story, tried to keep the lie from her to her as well. That now the fireflies just couldn't figure it out. And they gave up and we just left. There were actually, or at the end of the game, I guess he says there were quite a few. So there were, there were a lot of people who were immune there and they couldn't figure it out. So they were just like, well, we're not doing this anymore. And so he stuck to that lie for years until finally Ellie like went back to the hospital in Salt Lake on her own, found some proof. I think found an audio recording that the doctor, that Abby's father had left. And so finally confronts him and just, and she tells him like, I think this is probably two years before the events of part two. And she's like, if you tell me the truth right now, I will come back to Jackson with you. If you lie to me one more time, I will never like, you will never see me again. And so that's what finally forces Joel. Cause he can't lose her. And yep. you know, and we mentioned the song when he said, Roro, you mentioned the song that he sang to her at the beginning. That song was like a recurring song that came up, but it was just something like I, if I ever lose you, I think I would lose myself was kind of the, like, and so you know, the love Joel feels for Ellie. It's very evident. And so that's like the thing he's like, well, I can't lose you. So I have to tell you this truth. And you know, it destroys her because like her whole purpose in what she even says was that she wanted to find some cure through her immunity because that would make her life a purpose. Mm -hmm. But Joel took that from her. And so now she's like, I don't know what my purpose is. And so then I think once she finally, when seeing that peaceful reflection of Joel showed her what that, you know, like she can still, have a person, you know, we don't know if she winds up back with Dina and JJ and everything, but like she can still hold on to who she is and move forward and be a better person. And I think that's kind of what like snaps finally snaps her out of that, this like blind rage that she's just always been in. But so they're at this party. And so they, uh, Joel steps in front of Seth and gets in their way. And I think this just kind of all, all these things that kind of culminated in Ellie and she snaps at him and says, I don't need your fucking help, Joel. And yeah. the look on his face, another Testament to how good this game is, the animation and the graphical quality of this game is you can just see him die inside. Mm-hmm. Like it destroys him when he tells, when she tells him that. And then, which then, and then I'm like, fuck that was their last conversation. Yeah. Cause yep. they go to bed after the party and then the, Joel's already gone in the morning when she gets up and then she and Jesse, the next time she sees Joel at that point when we were playing was when he's getting killed in the, in the lodge. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So that makes sense. A little more sense. Why she's so just like, they never got any closure. Like this relationship they had built and everything. It was just ended just tarnished. But then we were thankfully, graced with another flashback at the very end of the game. Yes, exactly. Where it goes back to that vision. She had that memory of Joel sitting on the porch playing his guitar and there they do like have a kind of a heart to heart. And like yep. Ellie's like Joel said, I mean, I thought it was like a crazy thing for Joel. Like he's just like, if he says, if the good Lord gave me the chance to do that all again, I would do it because that hit me. That and, and I was just like, wow. And then yeah. Ellie turns he to would. that and says, I don't think I can ever forgive you but I'd like to try. And yeah. that was their final, their last interaction. Yeah. But then again, and why that got me so much as again, because of how <clears throat> they knew how to play with people's emotions and really get their emotions to what they wanted them to be like. And again, to the testament of where technology has come in games, like Joel is like on the verge of tears. You can see the tears like welling in his eyes and just like, because how he is just like so afraid that he is about to lose the only important thing to him in this world. And it's just like, that whole moment was, ooh, it was, yeah. 
it was a, it was a, it pulled at the old heartstrings for sure. Um, so overall then we're, we're kind of at the conclusion. <laughs> Ellie goes back to, to uh, her home in uh, Wyoming. Um, oh, and then another thing in their fight, she, uh, Abby actually bites off her fingers, like two of her fingers on her left hand, the, her love pinky and, and ring finger. Uh, yeah. Did you say you love Abby? <laughs> Good job, Abby. Pull yeah. <laughs> a golem on him. And, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so she goes back home. And like one of the big other recurring things was like Joel in the first game, Joel had promised her that he would teach her how to play guitar. And you see in this game that he had. And so he, she returns though to her house, to their house, her and D- Dina's house in Wyoming. And she goes back to her room. The house is empty except for like her room, like, you know, uh, and stuff like that or, or her yeah like mess room craft uh, uh, like music room all of her like stuff was in there it was left yeah and her guitar was there and she goes to play it and that was another thing where i was just like because she can't play it anymore right and i think that was the moment where she was just like i think it really that's when she had the flashback to joel uh sitting in the sitting on his porch and that's where i think it clicked for her that like i do have something to live for i have to make this world and myself a better person kind of thing. Like, and so that, that was just like super point. She's just sitting there soaking in that she's literally lost everything. Yep. But she has to go move on in some way. And I think that she loses everything. Yeah. Everything, everything. And Abby, like Abby does too, but she still has Lev, you know, and like, and she has, and I mean, of any of the two of them, she has the clearest, I would say of consciences at this point, but still, it's a, uh, you know, it was a trip, <laughs> like just the whole thing. Like it was an insane roller coaster. So, so uh, can I mention like the, the thing for me was everyone's talking about the M- ending and how it ended off. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think it was an empty ending. That's the best word I can use to describe it because she doesn't get her revenge, but she does save her humanity, but it cost her everything. Right. She loses Joel. She loses the ability to play the guitar. She loses Dina, JJ, pretty much everything, right? Um, but the thing that um, that I played this game for wasn't that ending. It wasn't the revenge for Joel's death. I played this game because I wanted to get closure on the lie from the end of the first one. Mm. And when and when Joel was killed, I was thinking damn it, we're not even going to know how it ended off. And did they ever talk about it? And then they did it through flashbacks. So I was super happy. That moment when she found that evidence that you were talking about, the tape recorder, and she confronts him outside the hospital, that was it. The game could have ended for me right there. I was done. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I played. So <laughs> anyways. Well, I'm glad you're able to get that uh, and everything and, yeah. get that and get that closure on it too. I was wondering how they were going to close that up and and, uh, and take and take care of that part. So here we are. We're at the end. We've, we've reached this, the end of the, of the game and the story and everything. So Roro, what, you know, you, you teased us at the beginning of the first of the last of us part one being your favorite game of all time, which I will, I will say my mine It was my, it's mine too. Yeah. So where does, where, what are our overall like summations on part two? In terms of story, I would probably quicker watch the last of us part one. If it were a movie, Mm-hmm. gameplay wise i would definitely come back to part two that's just so much fun more fun to play but in terms of story i think i still like part one better because i played that game countless times like i go back to that game a lot mm-hmm. and without fail there's two parts that always make me cry i don't know if that would happen for 
this game. I just think the emotions in part one are still, still always get me, no matter how many times I, I, I play that game. Not to say that I, this game isn't a 10 out of 10 for me. I, I, I just, yeah, I'm two 10 out of 10 games. I still, I just, I just prefer part one over part two. I still yeah. love this game though. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Kirok? Um, I actually uh, walked away from this game liking it more than the first one. Uh, the reason I say I would like it more is, or I do like it more, is because I found the story to be much better in the sense that it was two parallel stories intertwining and then kind of crossing paths many times. And the way it was told was very well done. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, even though I mentioned earlier I'm, I wasn't a big fan of the scars and the whole idea of the scars, I can overlook that. Right. It's not uh, the fact that a lot of people didn't like Joel getting killed and then playing as the person who killed Joel. I can overlook that. I actually thought at one point when we were in the in the movie theater and you were fighting Ellie, mm -hmm. I thought for a moment that the game was going to end with you killing Ellie. And that was the end of the game. Yeah. And I was OK with that. <laughs> I I hate to say it, but I was no, okay with that. No, I agree. I, I think I would have been in the same boat. Like I, at this point, I thought Ellie as a person in her humanity, not saying that that's a reason that she should die, but just like right. she, she was, she was gone. She was lost. She was not who yeah. she was in the first game. She was not no, who we exactly. played. And so I, I feel like that was kind of setting that up. Um, for but both me, games together oh, yeah. are, they have to be together. You have to play them together to see yeah. the whole evolution. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. No, I, um, I didn't realize you had, weren't finished up with your thought, no. but, um, but yeah, for me, I think I do have to go with part two. Like I know. And, and I, and I could say that having both games just completed the fresh, like I've played, I've been in the last of us world for the last two months <laughs> playing through the game, <laughs> yeah. playing through, cause I replayed the first game uh, right before uh, the second one came out. So I could have, so I could be fresh. Cause that was actually the second time I had ever played the game was when I just played it before part two came out. Um, and so having both of them super fresh, yes, the first one still hit super hard in all the same places that it had the, the very first time I played it. This one, I have to agree with you though, Kirok, the story of it and how intertwined it was, I think is what sold it for me. The dual perspectives and how well done that was, I think was top notch. I think even on like what I alluded to at the beginning, the soundtrack, I think was even more impactful in this game and more driven and more driving along uh, and had more emphasis on the experience and the atmosphere and how you yourself as the player felt, I think even then the first one did like there, you know, the, the not saying it's not a good soundtrack. It's a fantastic soundtrack, but I just noticed there were so many more moments in this one where that stood out to me. And I, and part of that too, I think might be because this one actually had uh, along with Gustavo Santiella, he had, uh, he collaborated with Matt Quayle on the soundtrack, which Matt Quayle is the composer for Mr. Robot which I don't know. Oh, and so that, which that music is very just like deep Im impacts, deep electronic tones. And I think that br was brought over and used expertly in part two, because there were so many moments, like when you be in a deep, dark underground part or like a room full of the infected or Hunter or the, the wolves or the scars. And that just like, sound like it's just like pulsing in your ears the whole time made it feel like you're hearing and feeling your own heartbeat ellie's own heartbeat abby's own heartbeat and i just think that how those all parts came together was just so well done but i also agree with you kirok i don't think you can separate the two in in no, terms of like I, you could not play part two 
without having played part one, I feel like. I mean, you right. can, but I don't think you're going to get the most out of it if you had you played won't. only yeah. part two or if you played part one and never played part two. And so it's just like, I think there are a cohesively whole unit. So I don't know if it's cheating or not to say that I don't know if I could separate one or the other as like, you know, kick them off of like kick last of us part one off of my number one spot on my top 10 list of all time. And then kick to like number seven or something like, and replace it with part two. Like I, I, I don't know if I can draw a big enough distinction between the two to separate, but I think of the two experiences, part two was the better one. I feel like it's, it's a pure continuation. It literally s- continues from the end of the first. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you, uh, the first little bit, it's like right after you got to Jackson. Yeah. And then they flash forward four years. So. so it's a, it was impressive. So now the big question though, to kind of wrap this all up and bring this to a close, should there be a part three? And if so, what do you think it should be on? Roro, what do you, what do you think? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a loaded question, I, but like, I was one of those people who, when part one ended was totally fine with it being over, but same. I was totally lying Same. to myself because I obviously I wanted more. I wanted more of this game, Naughty Dog. I love their games, but I was fine if that was going to be the end. And as soon as there was news that there was going to be a part two, I was like, let's go. Let's I'm go. in. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm, I'm, I'm in the same place where like, if this is the end, that's okay. I don't feel like they need to do more. If they want to do a part three, I completely trust them. I have since Neil was the did part one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as he said, when he made part two, if it's a story worth telling, they're going to do it. I feel if part three is a story worth telling. They'll take the time to do it. What do I think it'll be about? I, I think it has, I think they've said that the last of us is Joel and Ellie before. I don't mm-hmm. know how true that is now seeing that like we're, kind of coming to the end. Joel is no longer with us. Ellie, where is she going? I, I like to think that she's going back to Jackson. There's a little note yeah. that um, they're a collectible that says, uh, I think it's from Jesse's mom or Dina's mom or something like that, where they say, um, there's always a place for you back at Jackson, but yeah. this is before everything happens. But I like to think that she's going back to Jackson, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what <laughs> part three could be about. It would be cool if they did like where are Abby and Lev now? Mm-hmm. But I don't know how people will react to that, seeing how negative the feedback people had about Abby, whether it was uh, deservedly or not. Um, but I don't think that Naughty Dog really cares about those people and are going to make a, a story that they, that they want to make. But um, yeah, I, I, ho- I hope to see more of Abby and Lev on it. Nice. Yeah. What do you think? So I, I don't think I, I like how it ended. I think it's the story and it's a complete story. If they do a part three, so if they actually label it The Last of Us Part Three, Ellie's gonna have to be in it. What it's gonna center around, I honestly don't know. I had no idea what the second one was gonna center around, right? right? Um, but during my playthrough, there were times where I was saying they could easily do spin-offs, which I'm I Roro mentioned earlier, because I was saying, like, for instance, there's that part where you finally get the bow and arrow. Uh and mm, yes, I forgot about that guy. There's a piece of paper that's a drawing from a child showing her father. It's her father in a drawing, and he's the bowman who's killed all the clickers. And then you kill this clicker and take the bow off him, and I'm like, that's him, that's yeah. the guy. Right. And then even in the hospital, you pick up another letter where some guy's talking about how he's 
losing his mind or he wants to see his wife and then he gets uh, hungry and he can't think straight. And then there's a, a few other things. But what I'm getting at is all that stuff throughout Seattle, they could make a spinoff exactly like what I was saying earlier. And mm-hmm. they can make it all of these little letters. They literally have a story already in the story. Yeah. And, and I think if they did that, that might save them as long as it's a really good story to tell because they don't have to touch Ellie because Ellie isn't born until 20 years. Well, no. Oh, there's some funny math. She She's actually born in uh, 2019. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But anyways, what I'm getting at is they that might work. It may not be Ellie. It may not be Joel. But if the story's really good as a spinoff, that I think that would be a better option. Because they get a whole new character set that they could uh, they could do right. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, I'm of the I'm of the same boat, uh, Roro, as you. As when the first game ended, I was like, I don't need anything else. That was the perfect package. And then <laughs> and then they announced part two, and I was like, yes, please give it to me. <laughs> and, then, and then you know it came. And the whole thing is, and I had this thought, and I was telling uh, Sam and about. I was just like, I've like I never would have guessed where they could have taken the story of part two. But I was so blown away with how well they did the story of part two. I would absolutely take a part three if they if they wanted to tell that story as well. Yeah. And I, th- but then I also agree with you, Roro. Too, I think it, if it didn't focus on a brand new set of characters, I would prefer it to focus on Abby and Lev rather than Ellie. Mm, um, just because okay. I think if it focuses on on Abby and Lev, because there's a whole lot of stuff of them going back, they find you know they go and find the fireflies. They help build the fireflies up. Maybe those fi- you know maybe then the third game you're playing as like fireflies and trying to establish and rebuild that that one because of all the groups that are out there in the world like the fireflies seem to want to be the one that has the most pure intentions i mean they were the only ones actually looking for a cure other than just trying to be like eh, the world's fucked we just gotta live with it now um, yeah and so i think that could have a lot of possibilities i don't know though if if that were to happen i feel like i would need to see ellie that's why i said if they do a part you know? three ellie has to be in it she like, has to be in it. I guess she does, but like, I don't know if it, I would feel, I don't know. I would, I wouldn't complain if she was, but I right. don't feel like I would need her to be there. What, what if they made a part three and it centers around Abby and uh, Lev, but they uh, go against Ellie as a new enemy. Oh man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just like start the song. I don't know if they would do that then, because then I feel like that would kind of negate the whole point of, well, of that's, this one. But, yeah. Like, good point. You're right about that. But still it was, it was just like, I don't know if I would, I mean, I would be down for it. I think I'm not going to sell myself. I wouldn't be, I'm, I, I think I, I wouldn't take more if they gave it to me. Like I, w- I would absolutely go. Oh uh, yeah, I would yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, so, I hope they make uh, a multiplayer. Like, oh, that's right. Like, I they did for part one. Yeah. I don't know if that's, if that's coming anytime soon, but that'd be awesome if they, I know. I, know I never, to I me, it's a story it awesome. game. <laughs> I love in part one it was uh, hard the factions was hard and so like i would really i would like to see that come back i think they've talked about it like it will be its own separate thing i just have oh, no and sometime i think in 2021 i don't think i don't think it'll be until then so like it'll be a bit because i want to say i heard read from that neil Druckmann said they're not going to do dlc like they did with La- with left behind for the first one okay. so if they're focusing then on just building out this multiplayer aspect to like make people happy until last was part three. I'll, t- I'll pl- I mean, I'll still play it. It was a super fun multiplayer mode, difficult as all hell, but it was fun. So, but, uh, so I, I feel like I've kind of reached the, the end of my thing, uh, on this, how, what, where are you guys feeling? Like any other closing final thoughts you'd like to have Mogan, any questions for us all? Like I could go for a rust and coffee. 
<laughs> what were you saying, Mogan? Your, your mic didn't pick up at the very beginning. No, I just have a general question. Is mm-hmm. there ever any indication in the game that there is a different doctor, aside from Abby's dad, that may still be able to perform the same procedure on Ellie that could potentially result in a cure? They haven't mentioned it in the game, but I'm assuming if there was at least one, there has to be another somewhere. So maybe that oh. could be the, the direction that part three takes. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's not a bad idea. That they might circle back around to that, because if I were Ellie and I'd lost everything and I had the potential to generate a cure, I'd be like, OK, time to go find a doctor to kill me. Take mm-hmm. out my <laughs> Now seems like the time. Yeah, that'd be a good way to get into that. That would be an interesting story, too. I think that could be that a would. Good one yeah. Too. Ooh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe Ellie goes to university and becomes her own doctor. That would be like, oh, okay. Like the last, the last bit of the game is you as the player controlling Ellie's own. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I think, if at this point, if you had any doubts at all, we all loved this game. The Last of Us Part Two was an incredible gaming experience. If not, I think in my, it, like one of the heaviest pieces of entertainment though I've ever experienced, I'd have to say. Like across, across movies, books, like it was just such a, like so many, every time I would play, I'd stop and have to be like, oh, <laughs> or like a scene would happen and I'd be like, oh God, I, like I need a break for a second because it was just an emotional, but incredibly well written, well acted well, everything. It was just, again, like 10 out of 10 game. So if you had any doubts about playing this, I would say play it, but also understand what, like the subject matter we've talked about, it's not a light game. So don't no. like, I'm, I'm definitely after having spent the last two months playing the last of part one, then playing part two, I need a palate cleanser. So like, I need, I need something else, a little <laughs> lighter fare to, uh, to like hold me over. For and a little bit. See, I haven't started <laughs> that yet. So maybe that's what I need to do finally. So yeah. You charlatan. I'm sorry. Gamer bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this has been incredible reviewing uh, The Last of Us Part 2 with, with all of you. Kirok, thanks for being here. Roro, thanks yeah, for joining thank us. You for today. This me. was amazing. Super fun getting to do this. And of course, Mogan, as always, thank you for being here too. <laughs> expensive input on the game that I haven't played. <laughs> But uh, but no. So again, before we go, you can find Kirok at Kirokcraft on Twitter. Uh, find him on Twitch at Kirokcraft, Twitch.tv/Kirokcraft, and YouTube.com/Kirokcraft. Roro, you can find him on Twitter as well at Roro, and uh, check out his the PXN podcast so you can hear him talk about some fun games there. But uh, until next time, everybody, we are going to do a quick little soundtrack spotlight. We talked about the soundtrack already. Uh, we are going to be featuring music from The Last of Us Part Two, which the one I'm going to feature. Uh, is the chasing a rumor track it's like it's definitely uh, very much it's it takes the themes of the original but it plays it in a way more like sped up fast classical guitar styling it's fantastic so that's the <laughs> one i wanted to to focus on for this soundtrack spotlight but until next time everyone i am your host team uh jarrett wilson joined by co-host rachel mogan and joined to get once again a big thank you to kirat craft and roro thanks for joining us guys no problem We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.